0: Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Riders and Fighters, a podcast. I'm your host, AJ Ortega, and each and every week I interview a person involved in writing or a person involved in fighting. This week I interview Nadia Morales, a Mexican-American amateur boxer from California. We talk about her start in boxing and how she got her nickname, which is La Conchita, and we also talk about how the pandemic derailed her professional boxing debut and discuss her plans for the future. But before that interview, really quickly, I just want to apologize for not getting this uploaded on Sunday like I usually do, as it's now Monday. But I'm on vacation. I'm traveling with my podcast equipment in tow. I just want to apologize to my Monday morning podcast crew. I know several of y'all listen early on Mondays. I've seen the numbers. But here we are. So, no fight recaps this week, and we'll get straight to the interview. Enjoy. All right. I'm joined by Nadia Morales over in Cali. Tell me a little bit about yourself and maybe introduce yourself for the audience.
1: Well, my name is Nadia Morales, and I'm from Riverside, California. I'm 25 years
0: old. You're 25? Yes. Okay, great, great. And so how long have you been boxing?
1: Um, I've been boxing for 10 years.
0: 10 years since you were 15. Great. Yeah. And I know you're calling in from California. Are you born and raised in Cali?
1: Yeah, I was born and raised in California.
0: Very cool. I really like your boxing nickname. You know, you have all... (laughs) You know, you have all sorts of uh, uh, cool fighter names out there, and they call you La Conchita or Conchis. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. Where where did that come from? And maybe explain (laughs) it for the non-Spanish-speaking listeners. Yeah.
1: for me, since I'm Mexican, um, my dad used to buy conchas, the Mexican bread. Uh So every single time when I would get home from the gym, I would eat a bread every single time. That would be like my reward after the gym. And then eventually my brother would tell me to stop eating them because then I'm gonna end up looking like one. And one day <laughs> when we were when we were training, he was like, Conchis. and I turned around and then he was like, Oh, that's gonna be your nickname, Conchis. And then it just stayed like that, Conchis, until one time again, my my coach was like, Conchita's here. And that's how I got La Conchita. So it's either La Conchita or Conchis.
0: Oh, no, yeah. I think uh, somehow La Conchita is a good boxing name. And I like <laughs> that you incorporated it into some of your branding and stuff. Because like, I see you on a, like, Instagram. That's how I came across mm-hmm. you. And uh, some of your uh, shirts and stuff have a little concha on them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm a I I'm a big fan of um, I don't I don't really have a big sweet tooth, but uh again being Mexican American myself, my father coming uh, as an immigrant, his trade was baking. He was a baker his whole life. Mm-hmm. And so we, you know, I I know all the good pan dulce, you know. Uh so yeah. so I like the concha that that totally sounds good for a fighter name. Do you like any other yeah. uh, pan dulce? Do you like any others?
1: Um I like las orejas. I don't sure. know if you've seen yeah. those? Uh, those. Those are my favorite, too. They're my mom's favorite, too, so that's why I eat those, too. And uh, empanadas, those are so good, too. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah, for sure. Yeah, I found a, a, a good – there's a couple of uh, – I'm in Salt Lake City. There's a couple of good panaderias around here. And, like, if there's a, a get-together or a party I go to, I always stop there, and that's what I take to, like, the party. You know, take mm-hmm. sweets or something. But, again, these very specifically Mexican sweets – and, again, all the white folks I take these to, they're like, what is this? I've never met. <laughs> and I'm like, well, it's Andoce, get used to it. Um, <laughs> and so we're talking about Mexican bread and whatnot. <laughs> um, tell me a little bit about the importance of your Mexican heritage. Because, again, I notice you have the your little Mexican flag in your profile there. And so tell me about the importance of your Mexican heritage.
1: Well, my parents are both from Mexico. They're from Atalisco, Puebla. Mm-hmm. So I've been there a couple times, and I really like it out there. So um, the fact that I'm American, yeah, I'm American, but I feel more Mexican every single time I'm over there. Sure. And I really, like, love everything about their culture and everything like that. So I try to embrace a lot of my Mexican heritage with me.
0: Definitely. So, yeah. And what about... In terms of boxing, because as we know, like that's Mm -hmm. our sport, right? Yeah. As far as a nation and an ethnicity, Mexicans are particularly good. And so what about Mexican identity and then you being a boxer? Any overlap there or connection there?
1: Well, I feel like... Being a Mexican fighter, they always say that we're warriors and that we're strong and that we're tough. And then, so like, I feel like I am a strong person. So being Mexican, it just makes me. And being in the in the in the boxing, it makes me even feel stronger, especially because I'm a female. Sure, so.
0: sure. That was one of the things I was going to ask you. And so you you started boxing at fifteen. Were your parents on board with this or were they like, no, you can't be you can't be getting hit in the face. You're a girl type of stuff, right? Which I can imagine coming from all sorts of folks, but maybe particularly a Mexican household. So how did that go over in your household when you were like, I'm going to train?
1: When I told my parents I wanted to join boxing, my mom didn't agree to it. But then again, afterwards, my mom was like, go ahead, um cuz my brother used to box so that's how i got into it so your brother was, your brothers
0: in it first yeah okay, he was okay. in
1: it first so he was like he told he convinced my mom to let me go so i went and after a while my mom was like okay she's she's just training at the gym you know she's not out there doing things she's not supposed to you know so yeah. after a while my mom started supporting me the one that was not really on board was my dad because uh, my dad was like oh you're a girl you need to be at home you need to learn how to cook you need to do this and that <laughs> he was more old-minded you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so my dad really didn't approve of me boxing but I still did it anyways but now that I'm older and he sees he's seen me fight and train and all this and that he's now kind of like on board now he's like oh I'm glad you're doing this instead of doing something you're not supposed to do
0: no yeah again that I think some of it may be that old thinking but some of it may just be being protective which is maybe not a Mm -hmm. terrible thing you know and uh but I'm sure you know once it starts going good and you it starts kind of taking you places like that's that's really good what kind of memories do you have in this last 10 years in your boxing training and competing at the amateur level
1: I always remember my first fight because back then there was not that many girls. So I would have to wait like a year to fight and compete and I would be so excited to fight. And then when they would say, oh, there's no girls for you, I'd be so sad. So like when there was a girl for me to fight, I said yes. And um the girl had one fight on her already and I had no fight. So I was like, I have to either take it or wait another year or wait for somebody. So I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna take it. Mm-hmm. And I remember that time I got hit hard that I got I saw stars. <laughs> <laughs> like I was like, I didn't think that actually existed.
0: <laughs> so uh,
1: that's the fight I remember always because i was like you see stars if you get hit pretty hard
0: <laughs> yeah that's one of those things that uh, training is one thing again i did like point-based martial arts tournaments back when i was you know late teenager and stuff like that mm-hmm. getting a roundhouse kick to the head and again you see stars like it's a freaking cartoon and yeah then, uh, uh yeah i talked about this on uh, one of the previous podcasts with uh, uh carla hoke i believe and uh, yeah that lots of people will get like either blackout or tunnel vision or like lose hearing. And it kind of manifests itself kind of differently depending on how you get hit and who it is. But that stars thing is a shocker and like Mm -hmm. being in there and like, okay, well even hard sparring doesn't compare to competition. And you're like, okay, well this chick hit me hard and now I'm a little loopy. (laughs) What was your maybe biggest triumph in your amateur career so far?
1: I think it would just be like, just Winning some of my fights, I believe, being like almost the only female that would fight and compete out of the gym. So I think being the only one and bringing a win home really meant a lot to me.
0: Yeah, that's good. Being kind of, you know, the pioneer woman fighter of your gym and being like, hey, I went out there and got a W also, right? Like, yeah, you get to own that. I think that's great. And so, who do you maybe look up to, or who do you maybe study, even in terms of boxing? And and how much do you keep up with that stuff? Who do you watch, and do you? Who do you like?
1: I like the way how Earl Spence fights, especially because he's a southpaw. I think he's a very good southpaw. And for me, like I fight both ways, and I'm learning how to fight southpaw, and I'm trying to like like learn how to be as comfortable as how I am in my orthodox side so I study a lot of him and I look up to Michaela Mayer um, I've good. seen her in the Olympics the, her fighting in the Olympics and then her starting as a professional until now like I've seen her like grow as a very very good professional fighter so like I really kept up a lot with her no, I success. Think,
0: I think that's great that, you know, you latch on to somebody's career and see them kind of keep succeeding and, mm-hmm. and maturing as a fighter uh, and things like that. I think those are really two really good picks there. Earl Spence is a, yeah, he's a tricky fighter and really cool that you are working on both stances. Again, being able to switch stances, get you out of trouble and stuff like that in the ring, in the ring. Uh, That's really cool. And so speaking of training, in the last year or so, how did COVID affect your your training and events?
1: Well, last year I was supposed to make my professional debut in Mexico in February, but the opponent backed out because she got injured. So I didn't do that. So the next date that I had was March. And um, I was like ready to like make it and everything. And then COVID hit and they closed down the borders. So I remember that day my coach was like, we're not going to go. And I started crying and like I cried like so much that I've never cried ever in my life like that. (laughs) And I was like, what's wrong with me? (laughs) Like I couldn't figure it out. But I mean, when something means so much to you, like, you know, you worked so hard for it, you know, so that kind of like affected the whole thing and then ruined that whole moment for me. And then during COVID, like I tried like training. So I just kept it to the basics at home. And I did a lot of kettlebell training at my house. And then I would work. And then eventually I had a tailbone injury. So that kind of slowed me down a little bit more. I had to lay off on the training for a while. But
0: and having um, to rehab an injury, that's a tough one. And, yeah. and again, having yeah, those borders shutting down. And, and where were you going to fight in Mexico? Um, TJ. Yeah, I, I figured there. Because again, in Cali, a lot of the, the Cali fighters end up fighting in TJ because... Mm -hmm. There must be, well, again, I don't know how it is now, but at a certain point, there must have been like 20, 30, 40 fights a week in TJ, you know, like at the pro level. And so it's a good hub for lots of fighters, uh, young fighters to get their feet wet. Dang, that sucks that it was ripped out from under you. That's so not cool. Especially having a date, marking off the days on your calendar and getting closer and closer. Dang, I'm sorry to hear that one. Yeah. And so is your professional debut still pending then? And you guys are going to look for another matchups at some point down the road? Or what does that look like um, for
1: you? Right now that everything's opening up, um, I started training already. So right now we're looking to hopefully get a fight maybe in September or October. I'm trying to fight maybe at least two times before the year ends. Okay. So that's kind of the goal right now.
0: And so 10 years is a, is a good long time to be doing anything. So that's awesome that you've been doing it that long. Looking back at the beginning stages of your training and understanding boxing, what was maybe like surprising or something you didn't expect or shocked you and surprised you in boxing?
1: I would say I never thought boxing would like make me so confident in myself. Because I'm a really shy person, like really shy person. Really? Yes. (laughs) So, so like when I first started boxing, um, I didn't talk at all to nobody. So I all the only things I knew what to do was like shake my head. Yes, no. Or my shoulders. I don't know. (laughs) So like being in boxing really helped with my confidence and like to talk and socialize with people and. Now my coach, every single time he says, he's like, yeah, she was really shy at the beginning. And now look at her. She's talking. She doesn't be quiet. (laughs) 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 So he he likes to joke around like that and tell me that. So like, yeah, boxing helped a lot with my confidence. And I try my best to like help out a lot with the younger ones. And especially the girls that come in, sometimes they're like really shy. And I tell them my story and how I started, and they just look at me like, oh, okay, so maybe I can do this. I'm like, yeah, of course you can do it. If I did it, I'm pretty sure you can do it.
0: Yeah, I think the focus on confidence in combat sports specifically, like boxing or anything that's like heavy contact this way, where it's just you, right, not like a team, it's just Mm -hmm. you. Yeah, you do develop a lot of self-confidence, and I, I think it's cool that, You know, once you're in there punching somebody and getting punched back, maybe speaking up ain't so hard after all, right? And so you have to go through some kind of crazy experience like that to come out of your show. But hey, that's that's a great win on top of all the other fitness stuff and and accolades you get from boxing. That's a really cool bonus for sure Uh, and really cool that your coaches notice. And then you say you like to help out the kids, particularly uh, the young girls coming up and that they can see a successful boxer in yourself, a young woman out there doing it. I think that's awesome. And I think there's been a lot of growth just in me as a viewer of women in combat sports, in boxing and MMA. Like mm-hmm. there are some sharks out there and they're getting promoted yeah. correctly now. And we've got to work on the pay and stuff like that, but it's, it's coming around. I think, you know, I think that, yeah. that the audience is hungry for uh, some tough chicks, you know, <laughs> What kind of – I'm going to ask you for some advice because you're the, the wise one when it comes to boxing stuff. I just got <laughs> uh, certified to be a amateur boxing coach, okay? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and mostly to volunteer and help with the kids, you know? hmm What kind of advice would you give me with working with the youth in a boxing gym? I
1: would say that to – Make a fighter takes a lot, a lot, a lot of time and patience, especially with the kids, a lot of patience because their minds are all over the place and sometimes they don't want to (laughs) listen. But um, I think for like to make a good fighter is not so much on building how to throw their hands or anything. Like, I think for me, the most important thing is your footwork. Because that's what gets you in and out from danger. So, and that's how I was taught. Okay. So,
0: no, that's good. That it's it's a whole lot more than just throwing those hands. That yeah, it's a very complex sport. <laughs> Boxing is a very complex sport. So that's really good. That patience and footwork. I, I'm going to write those down because those are smart ones. I like that. <laughs> um, what do you think is? And so, since you were trained with that principle of footwork. Is that one of your strengths is in terms of getting in and out? Is that one of your strengths as a boxer or what would you say are your, your, your attributes? Is it speed and power? Is it footwork and defense or, you know,
1: I would say my footwork is what a lot of people notice about me when I start moving around is when they notice my footwork. That's the first thing that I do. I don't throw any punches. I just, start moving around and they automatically just love my movement and i i practice so much on my movement like ever since i started so like i think one of my strengths would be my movement and my
0: footwork very cool very cool and so what goals do you have like as a boxer and then maybe what goals do you have maybe outside of boxing
1: Um, Well, my goals for boxing would be to turn professional and hopefully become a world champion and just represent my city and represent female boxing, you know, and show the, the little ones that I started just like how they did. And I made it so if they have the same dream to become a professional, they can also do it. If they put their mind to it and work really hard, even though there's going to be so many obstacles in the way I've had so many obstacles in the way that kind of like held me back. And sometimes I had some days where I'm like, I don't want to come back no more. And the next day I would be there, but only because Mm -hmm. you grow a passion for it. So if you have the passion, the heart to do it, you will make it. So that's one of my goals. Great. And for outside of boxing, I am currently going to school. So I work, I go to school, and I do boxing. Mm -hmm. So I'm a kinesiology major. I want to be a strength and conditioning coach. So since, like, I'm a boxer, I want to maybe one day open my own gym and train fighters and help them, like, Build their fitness goals or anything like that too as well and have my own gym so that's kind of like the goal outside of boxing
0: No, I, I dig would it. want to I dig it I think the kinesiology is a good um yeah it pairs well with your boxing passion you know mm-hmm. it, it does have to do with the body and fitness and it's a pretty good uh, versatile degree there very cool and so speaking of school and stuff this is the Writers and Fighters podcast. So I always like to ask the fighters if they do any writing or reading of any kind.
1: Well, I do um, writing. I love to write like my thoughts because sometimes, like, I feel like your mental health is important. For sure. So, like, if you write down your thoughts or like things that you just automatically want to like flick out, is a good way of doing it. Is writing.
0: Yeah, so you do like journaling type of stuff and you have a, yeah. like a notebook type of thing. Yeah, that's a common thing. I, again, I've asked several fighters now on this podcast, and a lot of them do that journaling thing, and it's, they, they, they say it's a mindset, mental health thing. And I'm a big believer of that as a writing teacher, you know, writing professor. Mm-hmm. I always say the yeah, ideas ain't no good in your head. Like write them down, then you make them kind of real, you know, then you can, yeah. you, can, you can look at them, you can touch them or something, you know, <laughs> and that there's a value to that. I think that's cool that you journal stuff and so what kind of social media plugs do you have for uh our audience that way they can keep up with you and see your career and stuff
1: um well they can follow me on instagram at nadia morales underscore n-a-d-i-a-a-m-o-r-a-l-e-s underscore or if not on twitter at Team underscore Conchie's team, and then underscore Conchie's C O N C H I S.
0: That's really cool, Team Conchie's. I dig it. Very cool. <laughs> hey, well, thanks so much again for carving out time to talk to me, talk to our audience, let us know a little bit about you. We'll get people to follow you on Instagram. Keep up with your pending pro debut. Wishing you luck there and in the future. I appreciate it. Thanks so much.
1: Thank you. I appreciate you having me.
0: Of course. Take care. Thank you. All right, y'all. Thanks for listening to that interview with Nadia Morales, amateur boxer out of California, soon to make her professional debut. I hope they can schedule a fight for her sooner than later. She deserves it. If you want to keep up with her and her career, go over to Instagram and follow her there. Nadia A. Morales underscore. Nadia A. Morales underscore. She's also on Twitter. She's also on Twitter at Team underscore Conchis. Team underscore C-O-N-C-H-I-S. Both of those links will be in the description of this. As far as the podcast, you guys know the drill. RidersAndFighters.com New episodes every Sunday Episode guide up on the website You can also find links at RidersAndFighters.com We are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram Subscribe on Apple Podcasts Or Spotify Next week, stay tuned for next week I have a pro boxer on I will have a professional boxer on 16 and 2, Trouble Ibokwe, fighting out of Houston, Texas, Nigerian-American. Really cool guy, great conversation, so stay tuned for that next week. It will come out on Sunday. I'll try not to be late this time. Thanks for listening. Be good, be safe, take care of each other.